Bitteschön. Dann dazu noch eine Nachfrage. Was ist denn mit Joho Park? Das ist ein sehr erfahrener Bundesligaspieler, kann ja eigentlich auch links hinten spielen. Der Joho Park. Ja. Help me. Welcome to episode 290 of the Yellow Pods. I'm your host Stefan Butzko and this week we will talk about Borussia Dortmund's upcoming Bundesliga match against Bayer Leverkusen which will kick off on Saturday afternoon and uh, for our guest it's going to be 6.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time <laughs> um, and to discuss the upcoming match joins me Eric from the Neverkusen podcast and also from LA. Hello Eric, how are you doing? Stefan, hello. Very nice to be here. Uh, thank you again for having me. And 290 podcasts. That's insane, dude. Um, you are very close to 300. And uh, hats off to you guys for this uh, Yellow Wall pod being uh, the yeah the thing it has been. Amazing. That's pretty incredible. <laughs> well, that is very kind of you. Um, I don't know which episode is the Neverkusen podcast at, but you have also been around forever, so it can't be that much behind. Uh, we are very far behind because we are much lazier than you guys. <laughs> we <laughs> Anywho, this episode is sponsored by at bvb09 underscore Uruguay. Thanks for uh, yeah pitching in and helping us out on our Patreon. Uh, that is very uh, much appreciated, especially uh, this month. <laughs> Because Eric, I don't know if you know this, but uh, I right now am in Philadelphia and I'm applying for my green card and uh, the immigration services uh, demand of me doing a medical <laughs> where they draw blood and, and all that, and I had to pee in a cup. And uh, even though I'm now health insured here, problem is uh, it's still not covered, so that just alone costs $375. So, uh, yeah, it's very expensive to go through all these processes, so I'm very... Uh, very grateful for everyone who's who's chipping in and of course uh if you want to sponsor an episode like the very kind person from uruguay which is by the way quite amazing to have people from uh, all over the world um then you can go on patreon.com slash the yellow wall for more information or to subscribe to all our written content which shall pick up in this very heated week with Bayer leverkusen and barcelona coming to the westfalen stadion And uh, before we dive in, also shout out to Arbus Aftermath for leading the yellowwallpod.com Bundesliga Fantasy League. My FC automatism uh, crept back from 84th to 73rd place, so uh, I'm not quite out of the race yet. And lastly, our longtime listener at awesomebill3 on Twitter has asked me, To give him a little shout out because he is traveling to the Leverkusen game on Saturday all by himself from the United States and he is asking whether there's anyone out there who would like to grab a beer with him before the game. Again, at awesomebill3 is the Twitter handle. I'll also link it in the show notes. So 
Eric, um, I don't know about you, but I personally, as a Dortmund fan, I'm quite nervous about Saturday because uh, I, I'm not too confident in the black and yellows right now. Dortmund are probably not going to have the services of center-back Manuel Akanji and left-back Nico Schulz, who both picked up injuries during the international break, both ankle injuries. Are there any worries in personnel for Leverkusen? Uh, in terms of personnel, really not too many, um, in, in terms of what's available to us anyway. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned, you know, obviously with the international breaks having occurred, it's going to make some players um, a Charles Oranguis, which I think would be a key player against Dortmund, uh, for example. Uh, it's going to be a little bit touch and go, I guess, in terms of getting there on time. And um, it's someone that uh, I think, at least in the central midfield, defensive midfield, uh, is absolutely unnecessary against Dortmund. But as far as injuries are concerned, I think we're pretty much in very good shape. Everybody's available to Peter Bosch for the most part. I think even Johan uh, or Poyan Palo uh, is uh, back in somewhat form so it could potentially be on the cards um but i think it's less a concern about injuries and more concern about who the starting lineup is going to be yeah yeah so um leverkusen hired one of dortmund's exes with peter bosch <laughs> and yeah. uh Abel Mescheros, who you obviously also know, um, wrote a piece for Setsbomb in which he highlighted that since Bosch took over, Leverkusen have actually outperformed Dortmund points-wise. Uh, Dortmund scored in that, I think, 20-game time frame, 40 points to Leverkusen's 41. So um, that already kind of shows the, the parity between the two sides. So um, since Bosch took over, I think it was in the last winter break, right? Yeah. Um, so in the beginning of the Rückrunde, can you maybe, uh, yeah, expand a little bit on, on how overall that went and how happy you are with the, uh, Dutchman? Obviously we're very thrilled with him and, uh, his, uh, bald pate. Uh, it's nice to see that on the sidelines every weekend. Uh, and since he took over on, um, uh, in January last year or this past year, it's obviously been a very different Leverkusen and one that's very much uh, Peter Bosch Leverkusen where this is uh, demanding um, ball control and possession of the ball at all times. Um, obviously, there is kind of a high press. It's not different, uh, let's say, from what Roger Schmidt brought to Leverkusen. Um, but this isn't counterattacking football the way Roger Schmidt brought it. This is intended to be um, control the ball, control the game, and have uh, you know eventually have your uh, have your victory because of that control. And I think for the most part, it's worked really well um, in a lot of cases. Definitely offensively, I don't know that Leverkusen isn't necessarily set up uh, defensively to play Peter Bosch ball. And I think Dortmund obviously knows that experience very, very well. Um, so far, it hasn't bitten us in the ass the way it did uh, you guys um, previously, uh, maybe in some part because Peter Bosch uh, spent half his season thinking about what he did wrong at Dortmund before he came to Leverkusen. And uh, I think it's important for people to remember that, um, you know, when Peter Bosch was 
uh, up for both positions. Uh, both Leverkusen and Dortmund were after him initially, and Dortmund obviously and generally tends to tends to win those battles. Um, but we kind of got him as a second run, and maybe that's for the best because he's been given a little time to think about things. And it's um, you know it's still Peter Bosch ball. You saw it against Hoffenheim, uh, a team we probably should have beaten last week. Um, that uh, we're still very much, yeah, we're still we're still very much uh, vulnerable um, when it comes to high balls over the top, uh, just because of that high line that Peter Bosch likes to play. Um, but uh, you know, it's exciting. It's exciting football at, uh, right now, um, and it's basically just a question of can we get the right players in at the right positions and. Um, with the new players that we have at Leverkusen, can Peter Bosch find the right lineup, the right um, yeah, system for those new players? Yeah, how have uh, Leverkusen coped uh, with, uh, without Julian Brandt? Um, obviously, Dortmund signs him for the sweet price of only 25 million euros in the summer. <laughs> God. So, um, Obviously, he only has one start so far for Dortmund against Union Berlin, and that was certainly not his best game. So he still has to find his groove with the black and yellows. However, um, I think he was an integral part for Leverkusen mm -hmm. and also because Bosch stuck him more centrally. So um, obviously, there's still Kai Havertz hanging around and other players. So um, how has Leverkusen replaced him? Yeah, I'm not sure that they have necessarily. And it's, I think, what you say, um, you know, Bosch played him centrally, so figured, kind of gave the blueprint to Dortmund um, on how to play Julian Brandt. And Julian Brandt, I think, even though he didn't start necessarily in your last game, was um, absolutely very good, in my opinion. Um, I will go on to say uh, that he does look in the Befabe uniform like a. Um, highlighter marker um, that the cat has been left off. From. <laughs> he, he does. It's 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 very nice because he's very easy to spot that way. Because yeah. I feel there are too many Dortmund players that look too similar, and I have sometimes <laughs> problems to identify them because my my TV here is not 4K HD yet. So um, <laughs> so so that's that's very convenient. It is, and um, and I think actually that last Hoffenheim match, you saw what it meant not to have uh, a Julian Brandt. Uh, we just we were the better team and just lacked that kind of final spark. And when a team like Hoffenheim, who plays very intelligently, manages to mark out a Kai Havertz, so basically taking the other important element from the team out of the game. Um, last year, you could count on Julian Brandt, uh, even though sometimes he dribbled into the defense maddeningly um, to some extent. But there was always that creative element next to um, Kai Havertz, which is now somewhat missing. You know, we I don't know that we've necessarily tried to replace Julian Brandt with uh, Karim Demirbay. Uh, it's, he's a different player to some extent. It's probably the case that Nadia Mamiri, um, who Leverkusen signed as well, sorry, TSG, um, over the summer, uh, who, who probably comes closer, but uh, I did realize or recognize in that last game that, um, yeah, it kind of hurts not having Julian Brandt. And obviously those two are very good friends. You just need to look at social media and get really annoyed real quick um, to see how close <laughs> of friends they are. But they understand each other on the pitch very much. And um, yeah, it'll take a little bit of time, I think, for Leverkusen to overcome that. 
Yeah, I assume so, but I think um, the acquisitions of uh, Kerim Demirbay and uh, Mustafa Amiri are absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, I would have liked Demirbay at, at Dortmund, to be honest. Uh, for me, that would have been a very good replacement for Julian Weigel, um, who had a very good start uh, and, and had a fantastic preseason, but also in the last two games sort of fell into the old scheme and the, the old passing phlegma. Um, where you are not very happy with you and Vigo because it just lacks that bit of verticality. And um, yeah, I think Kerem Demirbay would have added that, especially because he also used to play for Dortmund in, uh, right. I don't know if it was the under 23 or um, or the, the other youth teams, but uh, yeah, he uh, was at Dortmund in, in the past. And then, uh, yeah, I think over Hamburg and Hoffenheim, not entirely sure, um, but he, uh, yeah, developed quite nicely into a very good Bundesliga player. And, uh, so I, I could have imagined him pretty well back at Dortmund. So, um, what is very interesting about these two teams clashing, of course, is, um, let, let's call it the, the, the very patient one against the impatient one. Um, <laughs> because Lucien Favre, um, right now is not really applying that high press, which Peter Bosch is doing. Um, those are definitely the two teams, uh, I think according to who scored with the highest possession in the Bundesliga right now. Yeah. Dortmund have, uh, average possession of 69.4 and Leverkusen are at 65.4. So that already tells you that, that both are very capable uh, at having the ball. And um, uh, looking at how poorly Dortmund currently manage uh, against teams that press them, and uh, Cologne and Union Berlin both did it to Dortmund's detriment, um, that, that should be very interesting. And I do really wonder if, if the result will be similar to the 3-2 win of Dortmund in February, not the final scoreline, but rather how the game turns out. Because I think after 70 minutes, Leverkusen had around 70%, which was yep. uh, yeah just, just daunting for Dortmund. And I think the uh, expected goal plot was like 0.1 to 0.26 after after 29 minutes. So I think Leverkusen had like five chances while Dortmund had almost zero. And then I think they grabbed the lead with a lucky corner kick or so. I think Zagadou scored or so. Um, but uh, to to go back to my first point, um, for Dortmund, this is already a bit of a make or break game because they had uh, three, I would say relegation threatened teams, maybe not Cologne, but you know, also promoted team, and this is uh, where Dortmund have traditionally struggled in the last Rückrunde. And now, obviously, uh, I'm I'm very keen to see if Lucien Favre at least can still beat sides from from the upper tier because that's where Dortmund were quite strong, and so of course have have a very sweet counter attack going as well. But um, yeah. There, there are a lot of worries for, for Dortmund going into this game. So um, I'm, a, I'm a bit anxious just because of how well Leverkusen really press. And, uh, and I think Peter Bosch already deserved to win the the first game in Dortmund. But I think, yeah, it was a bit unfortunate. But also classic Peter Bosch, I guess. So yeah. um, we'll, we'll see how, how this pans out. Um, 
But I assume if we flip this script around, um, you going to Dortmund mustn't be too comfortable either. So um, what are your worries going into match day for, for you? Yeah, I think you said it perfectly. Uh, the same concerns that Dortmund fans have uh, are the ones that Bayer Leverkusen fans have. It's early in the season. Um, you know, we meet each other on, you know, the third day of the season, so to speak, or the third match day. Um, already things are starting to kind of show themselves. Like, I mean, RB Leipzig, I honestly, I, on uh, a Neverkusen pod, the last Neverkusen podcast, I picked them to win the league this year. And it really wouldn't surprise me um, at all uh, if they did. Uh, but, you know, it, so we're, in my opinion, fighting for those top four spots, um, basically. And yeah, this is, this is going to be a big game. This is going to decide to some extent or not decide necessarily, but at least be an indication of um, what the rest of the season is going to look like. And yeah, Leverkusen, I think, goes to Dortmund um, again when you're playing Peter Bosch possession football. Um It's, it's kind of a nice feeling to be able to go in an away stadium and you can still play your game, so to speak. Um, you're not, you know, Bayer Leverkusen is a good enough team that they're not necessarily thinking we have to just, uh, you know, park the bus and then counterattack. Um, we can play our regular game. But what that, you know, what that will mean or entail in Dortmund is going to be difficult. And um, certainly I think uh, BVB after that uh as they say in German, Klatsche uh, uh, against um, uh, Berlin is going to be coming out all guns firing. And, uh, you know, <laughs> you, have, you guys have Jaden Sancho, um, you guys have Marco Royce, um, two guys who will, I'm curious to see what Peter Bosch trots out there. If it's a back line of three people, uh, I'm somewhat concerned about that because Jaden Sancho can pick that apart, in my opinion. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, if, if we play a back line of four, then maybe we're not taking the game to Dortmund that we potentially could. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I, th I think the I think the big battle uh, this week is this weekend is going to be in the midfield. And um, it's going to be let's see if uh, Aranguis is there. Let's uh, maybe Nadia and Mamiri in a um, forward role will be an important component. I'm hopeful. Um, but yeah, we've we've got to get past um, uh, Axel Witzel. I think is um, absolutely you know he's absolutely one of the best players in the Bundesliga. And so um, if if we can get around that guy, then I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, looking at what Lucien Favre is likely to do, I think there will be a double pivot with either Delaney or Weigel. Um, mm -hmm. So. Um, Yeah, going up against Arangis and who else will be there? Do do you expect Bosch to play a double pivot? I, I I actually don't quite see it. Yeah, I would I, I would hope he'd be a little bit more. Um, yeah, no, I, I I would I would hope not. I think I I think this game is actually a good opportunity for Peter Bosch to try something a little new, so to speak, or um, just give in my opinion, Amiri, uh, a role here that, um, you know, to tell him you're going up against a good team and let's see what you can do um, centrally. And yeah, we'll see. Uh, Demir Bay uh, is, is always obviously a good, um, a good option and may uh, will likely actually start this match. 
Um, but he does, as we said on our last podcast, Patrick made a good point. He does kind of slow up the game, and that's an important component. But I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like in Dortmund, um, it's you've got to go for it all. And uh, Demir Bay might not be the person to, to play it in this match. And, you know, if, if, if we want to really win this match, um, then let's let's go a little bit more offensive and let's go with Amiri. So what kind of system would that be? Uh, ideally for me it's like a four two 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 <laughs> okay yeah so a bit like leipzig last season yeah exactly um with the with the wingers with the wingers obviously uh in my opinion kareem bellaravi and leon bailey have done a wonderful job and they should stay there um with them cutting in um decisively and incisively Yeah, so you have Kevin Folland up up top, I guess, who is uh, your most productive scorer so far. I think he has two assists mm -hmm. and, and how many goals? Also one or two? I I think just one, right? I think Leverkusen like have five players who each scored one goal. I don't think there's anyone yeah. else so far. So um, yeah, I mean Kevin Folland is obviously always a threat um, because he is a bit more. Uh, Uh, eclectic than Paco Alcasa, I would say, mm -hmm. um, because of his physique and his pace, uh, two things that Alcasa doesn't have necessarily. And uh, also so. his giant, his giant ass, um, which he's very <laughs> good. He's very good at keeping people off the ball because of how big uh, his ass is. But uh, yeah, no, he Kevin Folland is someone in the last year. I just I'll use this opportunity because I'm not going to admit it on the Neverkusen podcast. But uh, I'll use this opportunity to say I was completely wrong about Kevin Folland. He's fantastic. Um, he's there's there's a big reason why he's uh, one of the captains um, when Bender uh, isn't able to play. There's a big reason why he's one of the captains of this team. And that dude, um, as they say in Germany, he r rips his ass off, um, for the team. <laughs> that guy runs, runs harder than anybody else. Uh, I've, I've ever seen except for maybe Lars Bender. Yeah, that is, uh, maybe the, the key actually, you know, we can talk about systems all we want all day, but uh, exactly for, for Dortmund, the biggest problem so far this season actually have, has been their, their attitude. Uh, you know, they've just been not really up to speed quite literally, um, because, uh, they were a bit lazy here, here and there, um, not really trying to push the envelope. <laughs> let's see if i can find another phrase uh, but <laughs> you get what i'm trying Rasenschwein. to say yeah Rasenschwein. Um, <laughs> yeah meanwhile i think leverkusen i haven't looked it up but uh from from the podcast i'm listening to i think it was mentioned several times that leverkusen are uh, currently the team that runs the most mm -hmm. just in terms of uh, distance uh, that always uh, does not translate into um intensive runs and whatnot because sometimes you lose the ball often so you have to run more um if if you just you know pass it around and don't do much with it like Dortmund you obviously don't have to run as much um <laughs> so there's that um but yeah I'm I'm very keen to see how how that pans out um whether I I think Leverkusen will be on the uh, throttle the entire opening half hour again and if a Dortmund can weather the storm or B, counter that right away with their own high level of intensity and, and see um, who wins that possession battle because there can only be one team with the majority of, of the ball. 
<laughs> and uh, usually um, when there are two possession-heavy sides, it's the one that, that's better at winning it back. And right now, I would assume that's Leverkusen. So I think that uh, Dortmund will be quite often in their own half. And I think Lucien Favre will actually be quite comfortable with it. Because yeah. um, there's one weapon that Dortmund didn't really get to show so far. And as I previously mentioned, that's the counterattack. Um, I think that's a good time to mention that Torgan Hazard will be back from a rib injury. So he should definitely play. And he's a very pacey player next to uh, Julian Brandt and uh, Marco Reus. And of course, Jaden Sancho. I don't know... Um, uh, If, if that's going to be the, the lineup, but uh, that would be a lot of pace. Or maybe Hazard comes on later as a, as a super sub, but either way, Dortmund will be frighteningly quick. Um, there's one tiny question mark behind Marco Reus' form, because so far this season he hasn't really fired quite on all cylinders yet, but uh, I think... Uh, in, in this game, the, the, the firm, you know, the amount of space he gets, this, this should be a team that should suit his own playing style because he will receive a little bit more space. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. Um, how, um, do you see Leverkusen's backline? Because I think you're playing with, do, do you play with both banners now? Um, it, yeah, it depends, uh, really. Um, but uh, it's a good point you make about Marco Royce, uh, especially if you kind of look back at this international week that obviously we all hate. Um, Marco <laughs> Royce had one of the uh, worst matches um, of any German player against Holland uh, or the Netherlands, and so did Jonathan Ta. And those two players will be, I think, front and center uh, this weekend. And, you know, it, it is the case that... Um, The back line of Bayer Leverkusen is very susceptible um, to especially um, balls over the top. I, I Hoffenheim did a, an absolutely fantastic job of exposing um, Bayer Leverkusen. And, um, you know, all it takes, uh, Bayer Leverkusen is, uh, any Peter Bosch team is always going to be a team that tries to outscore its opponents rather than like try to hold its opponents to um, zero goals. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And it's, as you say, like Bayer Leverkusen has run and does run in every game more than almost any other Bundesliga team. Um, that's always something that can potentially be pointed to uh, in terms of Peter Bosch as like, that's why, you know, teams break down in the second half of the season or what have you. Um, it, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. I'm, I, I am very curious to see how, I'm sure that, you know, Peter Bosch has had two weeks now to consider the attacking uh, line of Borussia Dortmund, which is one of the best in the Bundesliga. Um, by the same token, I will say like the, um, you know, the quadrant of four, so to speak, for Bayer Leverkusen are also almost as good. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Dortmund deals with that. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll be interested to see how Lucas Piszczek, for example, um, deals with uh Uh, I guess who will Bailey. it be like Bailey? Yeah. Coming down his side. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, it's, it, these are two teams who are very similar, I guess. Now, uh, having spoken to you throughout this podcast, <laughs> I'm recognizing these are very uh, two teams who are very similar to one another. And um, I guess it just depends, you know, uh, on the team who decides to put their foot on the gas, so to speak, and doesn't get hurt in the back. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure the scoreline will not be uh, nil nil as it was uh, for Leverkusen yeah. against Hoffenheim. Um, 
just because I don't see uh, if Leverkusen repeat the feat of of uh, getting 19 corners, I don't think they will re <laughs> remain scoreless. I think uh, Demir Bay already alluded to that. You know, I think he said set pieces can decide games, and that's so uh, of course. Before you meet Dortmund, you will train set pieces. Um, But I will just I, I will just say real quick, Stefan. Sorry to interrupt. Peter mm -hmm. Bosch literally in the press conference after the match said, "We had so many corners in this game that we don't need to practice them this week." <laughs> Obviously, he was joking, but that is like the worst take I've ever heard from any coach. As much as other Peter Bosch, like that is exactly what you should be practicing. Yeah, no, uh, Dortmund even more so because they have considered three goals already this season from uh, corner kicks or set pieces in general. And uh, that is obviously not a very good statistic for them because it was one of the major weaknesses. And overall, just, um, you know, crosses and anything that's whipped into the box aerially. And um, if we go by the Who Squad match forecast, there are two things. One is extremely likely and that is Borussia Dortmund will score as a result of an opposition error because, uh, according <laughs> to the squad, uh, avoiding individual errors is Bayer Leverkusen's biggest weakness. And if we look at Jonathan Ta, maybe there there's something to it. I don't know. I haven't seen much of Leverkusen yet, to to be perfectly honest. And uh, with the very small sample size of three games, uh, yeah. Anywho, so and the the other one that's very likely is Bayer Leverkusen will score from a set piece situation. So, <laughs> yeah, I I think I think both both are likely. It's also likely in my book that uh, Leverkusen pounces on an individual error by Dortmund. And uh, when you talk about Pischek handling Bailey, I think Lukas Pischek has been fine defensively He's so far good. this season. Yeah. Um, just his his passing, his build up. Um, As per usual, in the opening weeks of the season, he just hasn't found his groove yet. Um, not 100% in form, but, um, I'm sure that Nico Schulz will not be available. And that means Achraf Hakimi will play on the left side. And uh, Leverkusen do attack more over their, um, right wing. So, um, I think that's going to be Bellarabi and Harvards and follow mm -hmm. that sort of tri triangle, sorry, which is, um, going to be yeah <laughs> Hakimi's main priority and so far this season or in general Hakimi has not been uh, super defensively sound so I think this is going to be where Leverkusen will try to pry Dortmund open um the uh let's say um forward-minded <laughs> style of play from Hakimi and uh, Mats Hummels lack of pace It's a dreadful combination, if you ask me, against a team like Leverkusen. And at the same time, of course, it's a it's a very good test for Dortmund uh, before the match against Barcelona because um, that Tuesday night game will not be any easier and we will talk about that game and preview it on Friday with Alex Troika from uh, BarcaWelt.de. So look ahead to that. So, yeah, this is this is where I, I see a weak spot that, that Leverkusen can attack. Yeah, I, I think uh, I agree with you 100% that right side like Kareem Bellarabi, I think is going to be an, an immensely important person uh, in this match. And um, he's done nothing in, uh, but um, prove that he is, you know, he, 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 he's the consistent player for Leverkusen. He's a, one of the fastest players, obviously. 
Um, you mentioned the 19 corner kicks. I should also point out that there were like 46 crosses. Um, I think Rosenfunk uh, pointed out that there were uh, 46 crosses in the last match, and it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, that's what I'm talking about. About it's actually players. very unlike Peter Bush, though. Like this is not yeah, a good completely. Sign because... Yeah, it's not a good sign. Exactly. Yeah, you're 100 percent right. Like the um, these wingers should be cutting in. Um, they should not be. They should not be crossing the ball. They should be cutting in and making opportunities that way. And I do think, um, hopefully, that Peter Bosch recognized that. And in this match, it'll be a little bit different um, on the right side, uh, especially. And um, Bellarabi, whatever he's, he's yeah, he. he he can cross the ball, but he's much more important, in my opinion, um, when he's in the box and taking a shot from even whatever angle, because he generally tends to sink those. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, it's you know. Uh, well, if your... I might interject real quick, if Please. I'm perfectly honest, uh, 46 crosses and 19 corners will be more effective against Dortmund than against Hoffenheim because Hoffenheim do have Posh, Folk, Big yeah. Tractors, Staffelides, Rudi, and Grillich basically to guard the box and these are all very um tall um and 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 very feisty players that can win aerial duels and it's very tough uh, to get the timing right against these players and it will be much mm -hmm. much easier i assume for dortmund um who um yeah also have have another center back issue because manuel kanji i assume will also not be fit for this game and um I personally am very intrigued to see who um, Favre will play in his stead because um, usually you would say, okay, Danatil Zagadou is, is the logical choice here, um, but he is also left-footed. So um, do you want to have a left-footed player in your right center-back spot? Usually you do not. Um, that would mean you would play Leonardo Balerdi. He just made his uh, debut for Argentina's national team when they pounced i think it was mexico last night for eight minutes um i didn't mm -hmm. actually see it because i was already uh well not asleep but you know uh, just <laughs> half half awake um, you should have been asleep <laughs> yeah um no it was it wasn't that late um but but nevertheless uh it's it's funny that his uh you know, national team debut comes before his Bundesliga debut. So um, do you throw him in at the deep end or um, do you let Zagadou play and then do you shift Thomas to the right or not? So this is a question where we will look forward to to get an answer because, of course, Dortmund sold Ömer Toprak, uh, who would have been now been perfect for that position next to Hummels. So... Yeah, and another question going into this match day, and uh, yeah, but if if there's Zagadou playing, I also don't think playing a lot of crosses makes sense either. Even though sometimes he has the problem of of jump of not jumping <laughs> for the ball because he thinks he just can win every header just by standing there. <laughs> so um, yeah. Anywho, um, I I'm curious. You rudely. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious. Rook. Uh, I'm curious. Um, to ask you, obviously Kai Havertz is uh, Bayer Leverkusen's engine. And I think we saw that in the first two matches. And then you see in the third match how if he's shut down, um, it's negative. It has a negative effect to Bayer Leverkusen's uh, yeah, style of play. Um, so someone I would think Lucien Favre has picked out to shut him down. And I'm curious to know, you know, how are you going to mark 
Kai Havertz out of this match because uh, I think that right has to be the first uh, the first responsibility of uh, Dortmund in this match. Well, if I try to uh, enter Lucien Favre's mind, I think this is a <laughs> very good opportunity in, in, in his mind to probably play Thomas Delaney just for that reason because um, Julian Weigel so far has not... Uh, provide a lot of defensive cover, especially Julian Weigel's lack of pace is an issue. So his, his tracking back is just, um, if, if you analyze the, the goals Dortmund have conceded so far, there were just too many moments where Julian Weigel, had he had better legs, would have been there to prevent it, but just wasn't able to. So I, I think because of Kai Havertz and because Lucien Favre is very, uh, cautious coach we might actually see Thomas Delaney next to Axel Witzel and and basically yeah try to man mark Harvards a little bit um that being said I'm curious myself also I'm very curious to see um how the second half pans out in this game because I think um both teams will not have decided this game by halftime I think uh, yeah. it's it's still anyone's to win mm-hmm. and uh, at least in Dortmund I I don't I'm not watching Leverkusen as closely, but in Dortmund, uh, Peter Bosch was actually quite horrific when it came to in-game coaching. So his decision, decision-making wasn't always on cue. Um, Lucien Favre is a mixed bag in that regard. So sometimes he really gets it on the money and sometimes he's just so far off where everyone's just scratching their heads and not knowing what's going on. So I wonder what kind of night this will be for Favre and for Bosch. Um, so yeah. I, I think the the last match between the two, I think Favre made the better adjustments, but I'm also not 100% sure because uh, my memory is uh, is a little bit jaded in, in that regard. And I didn't feel like uh, need, needing to go back, especially because both teams are a bit different now that, uh, yeah, uh, you know, there are just more options for Favre with players like Götze, Guerrero, Hazard, maybe, and uh, so on and so forth. So who knows what, what he's going to do. Um, but yeah, this is, this is certainly one aspect, uh, people should look out for just for the tactical changes and the substitutions in the second half and how that affects the game. Because I think in, in the end, uh, the game will be, will be decided after the 60th minute or so. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be like 2-2 by then or so. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, totally agreed. Um, this is, uh, and for, you know, Bundesliga fans, uh, you know, intelligent Bundesliga fans who, like football on a, I, I don't know, on that kind of level, like this, this match will probably be decided by the managers. Like you have teams that are um, basically uh, equal to one another. Uh, they have uh, enough, you know, they have enough uh, momentum on at each position that they could uh, beat one another. Um, but this will come down to Potentially, yeah, the manager's making the right choice. And yeah, I agree with you. Um, it'll be interesting to see because both managers are sometimes kind of curious about how they um, how they do things. But I, I will say Peter Bosch uh, has shown more of, um, I don't know, I guess an, uh, an ability to put in the right players at the right time here uh, in the last like season and three games or what have you. Uh, and yeah, I think that I, I think you're hundred percent right, Stefan. Um, it's going to be after the 60th minute that the game is going to be decided. Yeah. 
also, what's interesting overall uh, about this match day is um, the, the game after Dortmund against Leverkusen is uh, Leipzig hosting Bayern. And yeah, I think that, Bayern. That, that, yeah. yeah, that has obviously huge implications. So um, if Dortmund loses this and, and Leipzig win, then there's already a six-point gap between the two teams. So that will not be easy to to make up for Dortmund and in any in either case uh, if it's if it's a four point gap to to Bayern it's also not ideal for Dortmund so this is just in the in the great or grand scheme of things it's already sort of a must win just uh, because mm-hmm. I think the media including ourselves were a bit reactionary after the three one loss against Union Berlin but I think it was also quite deserved because. The, the problems that were all visible in the last two games for Dortmund are quite boring because it's the same symptoms that Dortmund basically carried over from the Rückrunde. So, as I said earlier, the big question really is, uh, can Dortmund play on their very best against the best teams of the Bundesliga? And Leverkusen certainly uh, should be mentioned in that breath. So, um Yeah. Again, for for Dortmund, this is just a very important game, especially before the the Barcelona match, because the atmosphere in the in the in the club might tilt a little if if this uh, is is going haywire. And the same question, obviously, also for for Leverkusen, right? Um, you know, I, I think Leverkusen also have at least title hopes, right? <laughs> I don't think we ever have title hopes, to be honest with you. At least I don't. Um, um, top four hopes, certainly. And uh, yeah, Fiza Kuzin would be uh, absolutely happy. I'd be happy, happy with. I said earlier, like Raba uh, Leipzig is going to uh, Red Bull Leipzig. I don't even know why I give them the courtesy of um, mentioning the name. But um, I think they are going to win this. Um, the more interesting thing to me, too, is the Champions League. Like... Um, you know, you guys got drawn in pot two. We got drawn in pot three. Um, I would think our two groups are the absolute most difficult groups in the Champions League. So, um, you know, D- Dortmund obviously has expectations that uh, they should probably go out of the group. When you look at the group that Bayern Leverkusen is in, you can uh, very honestly Difficulty. say... Yeah, yeah you, you have Atletico Madrid, Juventus, and Lok Moscow. So you will play against André Schöle. Oh, no, yeah, no exactly. <laughs> no, he said Spartak, right? I, I can't remember. He said Spartak. And I totally I totally fucked that up on our podcast. I called it Spartak Moscow, but it's Locomotive Moscow. Um, regardless, whatever. We'll be in the Euro, uh, the Europa League, and that's, you know, we should try to win that as well. But um, So yeah, you, you will play against Benedikt Hövedes, who is uh, with uh, Locomotive Moscow. And, that, uh, and Jefferson Fafan, who is oh, also uh, there. That's my boy. That's my boy. He was not. Uh, I could go on about Peruvian players, but I'm choosing not <laughs> to right now. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I, I think the Champions League is going to be. I think it's going to be interesting. And as much as I tip uh, Leverkusen to probably finish third in that group, th- there's always a chance you finish second um, in 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 the Champions League. It just depends. And we we have uh, locomotive. Um, uh, at uh, at the Bayerina for the first match, so hopefully if that's three points, I'm not saying it will be, but hopefully if that is three points, that's a huge start. And yeah, uh, you know, um, both of our teams got drawn into the worst possible 
um, groups. Uh, wish we were Manchester City. Yeah, or RB Leipzig for that matter, because they play against Benfica, Lyon and Zenit. So they have a fairly mm -hmm. easy task, even though they were drawn from pot four. And I think Bayern uh, have uh, Tottenham. That's to it. Yeah, with. Tottenham. Yep, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ba basically. I mean, they have Olympiacos Pereos, who I think are, at the moment you can't really take too seriously as a threat. And then, of course, Red Star Belgrade, um, which... In theory, also should be a, a quite comfortable win for Bayern, or mm. I, mean, I guess a way to that game. They they will just need a point. Um, I mean, these days it doesn't really matter anyway if you win your group or if you finish second, um, because the luck of the draw can you know can just pit you against the best teams one way or another. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, we will talk about the Champions League later this week because I thought um, if you have Barcelona and Leverkusen in one week, um, basically, it makes more sense to have two episodes. Um, <laughs> I, I think we have thoroughly discussed the upcoming fixture. Is there anything else uh, for you to say that uh, I have missed or that you think is, is worth mentioning? No, but if I were to give a prediction for the match, I think we're looking at a, a, a draw um, and it could be a one, one, two, two draw. And I think, I don't know. I think both teams would be kind of happy with that um, because yeah, I mean, it might not help them in terms of the standings uh, as much, but I think it will help them in terms of uh, knowing where they are, what the level, uh, the level is at the Bundesliga level, so to speak. Um, yeah, uh, I, I'm. I'm gonna say two two draw. I think there's gonna be some goals for sure. Yeah, this this uh, should uh, not be a boring affair. Um, and even though I'm very pessimistic about this game from Dortmund's perspective, I will give an optimistic prediction because it's Leverkusen after all. <laughs> so. <laughs> 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 Leverkusen have a habit of playing really well and then not winning um, so especially at Dortmund especially at yeah. Dortmund exactly yeah. um, so I'm still going to go with a 3-2 Dortmund win where uh, Dortmund will play absolutely horrible but uh, will be saved by their individual class yet again so um, that's my prediction Eric lastly um, how can people get in touch with you on Twitter and the Neverkusen podcast Yeah, um, I'm, I'm at Schnix, uh, S C H N I X uh, B zero four, uh, Schnix Benofia, um on Twitter and uh, at Neverkusen Pod. Any V, whatever. I don't need to spell it out. It's at Neverkusen Pod, um, and yeah, you can find it uh, probably linked to this podcast. So, um, thanks, Stefan, for having me. And it's always been a pleasure to talk to you. And I hope we continue to do so. Yes, the pleasure was all mine, Eric. Uh, thanks for coming on and spending some time on the Yellow Wall Pod. I will hope to return the favor. Maybe I'll come on the Neverkusen podcast, but only if Dortmund don't completely yeah. play a horror show. <laughs> Depends on how. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't. I don't need that uh, pity party in my life. Anyway, if you want to uh, reach out to me, please do that on Twitter at Stefan Butzko. If you want to get in touch with the entire crew, then go to Twitter or Facebook at Yellow World Pod is the handle there as well. If you want to read our written content, where you will find news, features, and interviews, 
translate it, then uh, go to theyellowwall.net and uh, pledge one buck via Patreon to access that content. And as I previously mentioned, that one dollar will go straight to my healthcare here in the United States. So (laughs) (laughs) I can I can affirm that Stefan is right. He needs that help. (laughs) Yeah, and and unfortunately, uh, there are a couple of uh, poison pills you have to swallow if you make the move. (laughs) So um, that's that. Um, Yeah, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, please go to iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. And uh, now we also have a YouTube channel if you prefer that. So you can all find that again on the uh, yellowwall.net. And this is all for now from us for the next two days because we'll be back on Friday with the Barca preview. So see you then. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Ciao, ciao.